Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. You are on Saturday Magazine with Nevena and Macca. We have our next guest on the line. It's the ex-Victorian Police Chief Commissioner, Graham Ashton, who's going to be speaking to us about the Greyhound Racing Industry Review in South Australia. Welcome to the show. Yeah, no worries. Thanks. Uh, happy to be here. So, Graham, um, life as, uh, you know, when you retired as Chief Commissioner, you probably wondered, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to, uh, you know, Ken Lay did <laughs> lots of things. I would never have thought, oh, this guy's going to turn up reviewing the greyhound industry, <laughs> you know, in another state. Um, were you, you know, when, when you were asked to do this, uh, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, yeah, thanks, Rekha. It's something I was happy to do. I I don't do a lot in retirement, but I just sort of do, you know, different reviews if they come along, if I'm asked to approach to do them. Uh, and I have done a bit of work in the sport integrity area uh, since I've retired and, and done a range of things in that area. So, uh, you know, in terms of doing this review, it sort of fit with that. And I'm really interested in greyhounds too. I've uh, I've got a retired um, cap greyhound uh, at home here as well. And uh, I was... When I was a kid, I was involved in the industry in South Australia as well. So, yeah, it had some resonance for me to do it. So I was happy to happy to get involved. That's great, Graham. So, when you when you started off, you know, there's always, uh, you know, in the industry, there are people who say there's nothing to see here, and there's other people who say, you know, this is this is really bad practice. Um, somewhere in between is the is the truth. What are the key findings um, that, that you know you've presented to the government? Well, Mac, the key findings really were that when you have a good look at the industry, there are a number of animal management practices that are really not in keeping with what the community expect might be should be the case these days. Uh, you know, community expectations around animal welfare. You know, have come a long way over over the last you know decade or so in particular, and uh, you know there was gaps between what's happening and what the community might expect, particularly around um, you know animal welfare. The greyhounds are often presented very uh, fit and healthy uh, in the industry, but their psychological health is perhaps another issue given um, some of the facilities that the greyhounds uh, you know live in. And I think. You know that that some of the some of the practices of some of the trainers, and I know in Victoria, you know, there's been uh, regular reports of live baiting, um, and you know, I wonder, you know, you say you have a, a greyhound, but I know, you know, you would have looked at this quite objectively and said, let's see the evidence. When you see evidence of bad animal management behaviour. You know what do you what do you think? You go. How can is it? How can people do that? Mm. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think that part of it is that people have been doing things the same way for a long time. And in the greyhound industry, a lot of trainers are sons and daughters of other trainers who are sons and daughters of trainers, and they do things a certain way. Uh, you know, I've been doing that for a long time. So often it's not a case of uh, willingly uh, doing the wrong thing. It's just, or, or doing things that are out of kilter with modern expectations. It's just that that's the way they've always done it. So, you know, they certainly, we saw plenty of evidence that they, they love their dogs and, uh, you know, they're a lot of affection towards the dogs, but it's just that the practices aren't in keeping. So that's why in South Australia I've said that there needs to be a two-year reform period under an independent inspector and at the end of that two years that inspector will need to tell the government whether the industry should continue uh, there have been reforms sufficient reforms and they should continue or whether the industry should be discontinued and what are some of the other recommendations that are coming out of the inquiry um, that are really going to help the industry see itself into the future well i think some of the key inquiries really relate those key recommendations really relate to how greyhounds that are awaiting adoption are kept in mm. South Australia because the facilities they were kept in are really not much different to what racing dogs are kept in. And these dogs are not in training. They're just, you know, in the queue essentially mm. waiting to be rehomed. And, you know, they're given, um, you know, my view, given insufficient exercise and uh, even daylight uh, and they're kept in kennels akin to them you know, being in, in a racing mode. So, you know, I made recommendations regarding the conditions in which these animals, uh, these greyhounds should be kept, uh, particularly that, that cohort of greyhounds, but also for racing greyhounds as well. Um, so some of those kenneling conditions and management, management conditions, I've got very specific uh, recommendations in there around that. There's also recommendations around injuries on tracks yeah. Uh, yeah. because... Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of injury on tracks to greyhounds, and there are a number of things that some of them are being trialled currently by the industry, um, but they need to be increased um, in frequency in the way they're being deployed to try and make sure that everything possible is being done to reduce on track injuries. Can I ask you, Graham? Were you shocked what you found? You know, the evidence that you you know you you came across and and the examples. Were you were you shocked? Well, with the shocks there were, I was certainly surprised in some cases that uh, conditions were like that were which we found to the point to the point where I thought, well, uh, there needs to be change or, or this needs to discontinue, sort of thing. So, um, you know, the RSPCA in South Australia were very good in terms of providing a, a contribution to the inquiry, and their submission I thought was quite persuasive when they said that. Either this industry has to substantially reform now, or it, or it needs to not be supported. You know, now I found that was quite a mm. persuasive view when I when I weighed up everything that I saw. Can I ask, Graham? So the system of regulation in South Australia is it self-regulating? I mean, obviously the RSPCA has a role, um, uh, but what about you know? Is it regulated by the government, or does the industry effectively regulate itself? What's the system? Yeah, that's a good point, Marco, because South Australia is one of the only states that has self-regulation in this area. You know, Victoria, for example, has a Racing Integrity Commissioner and oversight over um, the industry as well as the other 
through racing codes, and that doesn't exist in South Australia. So if the industry does continue beyond this two-year review period, uh, reform period, then you know the government should be certainly looking at regulatory models of oversight that's uh, consistent with other states because uh, it's a very important part of maintaining standards is having someone oversight those standards and that's proven to be the case around Australia um, with the exception of, of now just two states. Because I think, you know, I've had, a, I've had a look at the report and, and yes, and I have a greyhound, but to me, you know, if I can ask you, Graham, you know, you said that clearly... You know, most of these people love the animals, and to me, that's that's great. But if you love an animal, how can you see it housed in these awful conditions? You know, denied natural light, exercise, and you know the other examples of cruelty. To me, it's inconsistent. If you love an animal, you wouldn't do that. But you know, to yeah. say it's the, it's oh well, they've done it this way for years. Yeah, well. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think we're in fierce agreement, but, I, but I'd say that, uh, you know, most of the people in the industry, uh, I think, are open to having the right things in place, yeah. but just need that guidance to know what to do. And most of them, I think, well, certainly I've met a lot of really good people, uh, really dedicated people to the industry and the dogs. You know, I think it's a matter of... Um, of them getting the right steerage. And, but I think, you know, at the other end of that, there are certainly people, and I said this uh, at the time the report was released, that probably, you know, that you see some case studies, for example, in the report. Uh, there were people at one end, at the sort of end of the industry that, that just uh, probably are not going to change their ways mm-hmm. and uh, and they don't have the right motivations and, you know, they shouldn't be, shouldn't be involved in the industry, in my view. Yeah. There's a comment from the South Australian Minister for Recreation, Sport and Racing, that's Minister Katrin Hilliard, that says the industry must maintain its social licence to operate. How does the industry wing back community support after that footage emerged earlier in the year that shocked many? Well, I think it's by being open and transparent about what's happening in the industry and then reforming it. In, in a transparent way so that people could have confidence that, you know, animal welfare is given a very high priority, that these animals are kept in a way that any member of the community could walk in and have a look at and be happy with. You know, that's, you know, as far as the general public goes, that's only, it's only by being transparent about that and welcoming of that external view that that's going to happen, I think. You know, otherwise... If it's not done that way, it'll continue to be looked at with perhaps scepticism um, and perhaps a lack of trust that things are happening as as people say they are. You know, it's tr- transparency is, I think, the key here. I think, Graham. you know, I want to thank you for, for undertaking the inquiry. Also, I want to thank you for coming on to talk about it. I know you haven't done a lot of media on that and I really appreciate it. I do hope that at the end of this two years that the industry does reform and lives up to how we want, you know, the industry to be run. Um, For those who can't change and that won't change, should they lose their ability to operate under this self... I mean, is there... What happens there? Can the can the industry say, sorry, you can no longer be a registered trainer or you, you know, do they have that power yeah. currently? 
They do, yeah. It's a matter of enforcing that that, that authority. They do have that authority, and uh, you know, if that doesn't, if that doesn't change, then I don't think it's sport has uh, has a future. It is a sport that traditionally, you know, working class families, mm. in particular, uh, have enjoyed. It's been a family enterprise with mum, dad, and the kids all involved, and it's been something that has brought a lot of. Uh, a lot of pleasure to families uh, to be involved in that sport. Um, it has professionalised a lot in terms of gambling over the recent, uh, well, I guess, recent couple of decades, probably three decades, and that has led to, you know, more professional full-time trainers coming in with lots of dogs, and so that that, that family presence is still there, but it's uh, a little bit diminished with the influx of so many big uh, voluminous trainers. Uh, as well, so, but I think the sport, you know, it's, it's, if it can be done, you know, on, on on balance, if it can be done in a way that absolutely puts animal rights first uh, above the gambling dollar, uh, then I think it, you know, it's, it can be a legitimate practice for people and their families to to undertake. Um, but it has to happen under that sort of under that proviso, in my view. Yeah, and dare I suggest, I'm saying this, not you. There's a great opportunity for a review of greyhound racing in Victoria. Um, I don't know. Perhaps uh, people in the government listing might say, "Oh, we might ask Graham if he'd like to do that." <laughs> but that's yeah, just, I'll do it. <laughs> give it yeah, a give. there is a racing integrity commissioner in Victoria, and they have had a had a look at greyhound racing a couple of times. So, I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of the industry here. Um, so it'd be hard for me to comment, but I think that. You know, here you have got that independent oversight and you have got advisory boards, I think, as well, that, yeah. that look at the industry. So there's a couple of things in place here that you would hope um, place the industry in a stronger position in Victoria. But um, as I say, I don't. I just don't know the local landscape well enough not being involved in the industry here. Yeah. There is a, a system, Graham. Um, you know, there is a system of oversight and everything, but uh, in terms of some of the practices that have happened uh it's a bit like being savage with a wet lettuce the way that they enforce it so um you know um animal cruelty is absolutely not acceptable as a community you know we have rules around how we much treat how we treat each other as humans you know with animals you know there's an argument about animal welfare some will say well you know we eat animals okay but when you use get animals you know, for sporting purposes, and particularly when you gamble on them, there must be a system that, as much as is possible, protects it, protects that animal and ensures yeah. it's treated with dignity and there's no cruelty. And I think that's a big ask. So I want to thank you for taking the, you know, taking the time to speak to us, but for doing the report, and I hope in two years' time the industry has reformed itself uh, in South Australia. Uh but I'm, you know, I'm not a gambling man. I'm not going to put ten bucks on it just quietly. Yeah. Well, the ball's in their court. That's the thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if they want to help your sport in the future, that's that's what they need to do. So, you know, as I say, the ball's the ball will be in their court. We'll we'll know in a couple of years, I guess. It does. Thanks for your time, Graham. And uh, if you haven't already, buy some special treats for your for your grey for Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, he Jacko's next. Jacko will there. expect many. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. I yeah, appreciate I'll your time. Good stuff. No worries, Brent. You both have a great Christmas. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye.
You are on Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9 with Maka and Nevena. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.